All right, Coach, we're live. Super excited about this episode. And uh, for those of you that are listening, I'll describe Coach is here doing a little dance. He's got the sunlight coming through uh, on his screen here. And yeah. uh, that is a perfect picture of what we're going to talk about today. And it's keeping things light and how important that is. And my name is Sherry. I own Genius Owl. And uh, I am all about the little things. And I'm excited about sharing that with everybody today because we love helping people um, live a life that brings a smile to their face. That's the whole purpose of this podcast. That's why we do what we do. So, Coach, go ahead and introduce yourself, and I'll give the thesis, if you will. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Greg McNeil, coach, life coach, clinician, uh, uh, doctoral candidate, um, all-around funny guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I got some, some other titles out there, too, but they'll come at some point. But right now, it's all about the smile. <laughs> so... You know, and I think I talked about this last week, how a lot of times our ideas come to us in the pre-show combo, and this is uh, no exception. I I usually have like maybe a little bit of an idea, sometimes a direction I want to go. I don't like showing up empty-handed, but I also have learned fluidity, um, mm. still learning it. Mm. And, mm. Uh, well, and Bilbo Baggins had to learn fluidity. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> I finished that. Um, you know, I'd love oh, to, to dive into uh, at some future um, podcast coach. You might want to write this down. I would love to dive into the um, skill of storytelling, but in the aspect of allowing stories to teach us, um, you know, looking for them in, in other people's stories and movies, et cetera. But uh, so when you were talking about, you know, your next two dogs, well, first of all, you showed me hilarious videos of your current huge dog. So one weighs more than me. Well, both weigh more than me, Um, but they're they're just neat, neat dogs. And you're trying to jump rope and they're like, oh, is this playtime? So hopefully, let's see, Greg McNeil on Instagram I'm hoping he's going to post these. The one of Drew's head peeking out is absolutely hilarious. Odin just knocking things over. Um, so, you know, I just started thinking, Coach, that you know, when I look back, number one, at me and you or you and I, um, we are hard workers. We're very focused, very intense. Uh, we love our work. We get fussy if people mess with our work. Um, We are definitely high achievers, but we've also, we're extremely funny and playful and we love those little things, those light things. So I just wanted to talk about that and some of the things that we do and why it's so important, especially in the topic of resilience. So if you want to, you know, because I can say, my last two years have sucked when it comes to life events. I mean, my dad dying, uh, divorce after 31 years. But as you were talking, Coach, I realized I had put things in place that actually helped me in recovery. 
So can you kind of dive into a little bit the importance of having those light, little, fun things in life? Say that one more time. Say that one more time. The importance of having light, fun, you know, little things in life, dreaming, you know, planning. Why is that so important for us as humans? You know, so I'm always inclined to reach for history first, right? Yeah. Um, And that is before we became so conditioned toward materialism, life was really about making sure you had enough to eat, right? Making sure that your family members were healthy. And, and then you had a level of joy. You could see your prosperity, not only through yourself, but you could see it in your family being reflected back to you. Right? Yeah. And so now we, we're sort of like pressed and pushed into chasing things that are quite temporary. They don't last for long. So for instance, you get a new phone and then the next year, another phone comes out and depending on what your mental state is, you, you've got the, um, you know, you got a sad face because now your phone is no longer updated. And it's like, oh, wow, let's back away from that thing and think about what really makes us happy. For me, I'm the guy that loves to be able to, one, <clears throat> enjoy the first blessing, which is my essence, my body, my health, mm-hmm. right? That's the first thing that makes me laugh, right? I get up. It's like I just turned 60 years old. I swim. I jump rope. I hike. I hunt elk, right? Um, I can move at the at the snap of a finger. Yeah. And I love it, right? But in addition to that, I also have other things that keep bringing me joy, like the dogs, like you just mentioned. Yeah, I have huge South African Borble Mastiffs. Yes, they're larger than Sherry. They're larger than me. And in some cases, they're larger than a lot of adults, right? Yeah. But they are big, athletic, loyal, and they're fun. And they bring a great deal of joy to my life. And one of the things that you said, and that I don't want the reader to to miss we work hard. We are diligent in focusing on our dreams. And so when we're in that space, we have great intensity, right? Yeah. But life really does require that you have balance. That's why we have a change of seasons, right? A change of seasons lets you know that you move from one state of being to the other, right? So from intensity, what is the counterpart to an intense experience? You need to find a way to relax You need to find a way to bring joy into your life. And that is how my life is structured up, right? I work to make sure that I give things to the clients we serve, the universe, the planet, Mm -hmm. my family, right? Yeah. And me. And so I do everything that I can to make sure that my soul is always laughing at some point because I have so much to be grateful for. And uh, one of the things, a hidden thing is when you keep your spirit light, then the universe continues to bring things to you that keep your spirit light. Yeah. And sometimes we don't realize that um, the more you think and introduce joy into your life, the more joy you have, 
right? Mm -hmm. And joy is a form of resiliency, right? Because it recognizes that it's a state, right? It recognizes that something is happening for you right now, but this is not the permanent state of your life. And so you know what comes after that. This is why we always like to say, deal with the challenges in your life as they are. Deal with them straight up. Don't try to minimize them. Don't try to get away from them. When you address them in a straightforward manner, guess what comes after that, right? The solution now comes back to you in the form of joy because you dealt with the situation. And so you know what comes after that, right? And, you know, it's always a progress. It's a school. Hang on for a second. This is my old guy. He's 14. Aww. He's got that call. It's like, ooh, he sounds like he's been smoking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now here we go laughing, right? I'm sorry about that. I got my 14-year-old guy here, my, my best buddy. But let's be honest. He's got this cough right now, and it's like, man, you sound like you've been smoking cigars. <laughs> Speaking of the, um, you know, Darina, she does the, gets the emails ready every week when we have an episode, she gets the email ready to send out to the email list to let them know. And last week I, I titled the podcast, the sub sitting back with a cigar and a glass of wine. Cause that was the funniest thing I had heard coach. And you said mm -hmm. that, you know, it's like your subs just waiting, you know, it's just sitting back with a cigar and a glass of wine. And it cracked me up. So in the email, she has a jiffy of this big guy with a cigar puffing on it and his glass of wine. And I was like, that is brilliant. But, okay, so I don't want people to miss uh, a couple things that Coach said that are very important. The first that I want to make sure everybody heard is you structured your life that way. So yes. it's an intentional thing. It's uh, something that is part of your day-to-day uh, -day planning and intention is you, it, it's a structure. It's not just, you know, a moment comes and you laugh a little bit and then you're back into whatever it is, mental state you're in. Uh, happiness is actually a skill. Joy is a skill that must be developed. Uh, it must be protected. So I want to make sure people heard that. Uh, and I yeah. first learned that, and we've taught it in our intensives that the happiness recipe, there's like three things that people need. But a lot of people are like, well, you know, depression runs in my family. Or if I lived in a different house, I'd be happy. 40% of happiness is actually the internal world. 10% environment. 40% is, is genetics, and genetics can be changed. You know, there's more and more evidence of that. So I want to make sure people understand it's an intentional practice. The other thing that I want to make sure people heard as well, and I can testify to this, is that joy becomes a state of mind. So like if you look at people that are depressed or anxious, their brain actually changes. So the structure of the brain changes. We know that the structure of the brain has to change when you have a state of joy. So when you were talking about, you know, it's a state of mind. And when you go through a difficult thing, you actually are able to come out of it better because the brain is like, okay, this is temporary, but it's going to re return to homeostasis. So it's going to return to what is normal. Well, I remember when everything came out with my ex 
Um, I didn't know if I was ever going to wake up happy again. Mm. And I, that actually made me sadder than almost anything because I, I would like, before I'd go to bed, I was so excited to get up the next day. I looked forward mm-hmm. to every morning I get my, you know, feed the kitties. I get my coffee, my first piece of chocolate. I grab my aspiration journal. I write my statements. I read out of my devotional. I read out of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. some education right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And I was, and so I'm excited, right? Like I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to get up and do that. And then all the fun things of work and, you know, life and all that. And, and so then I'm like, hmm, wonder if that's ever going to come back, you know, because that's what your brain is. It's such a shock. You're like, am I ever going to enjoy those things again? Coach, it did not take long. It did not take long at all. And looking back, I realize that because I had structured little things, I was able to return to that place of inner joy a lot faster And I wanted to encourage people to write down what little things make them happy. So I went through a list of mine. Another uh, thing is I love my cats, you know, my dog, Sam. So those are things that you can incorporate. Uh, Walks, sitting outside, reading. Write the things down that you enjoy. One of them, you know, grief is a thief. So you have to go through grief normally, but you don't want it to begin to steal or keep hostage things that you once enjoyed. And so one of them was twinkly lights. So in my fireplace, in my room, uh, it's way too hot to light a fire in that sucker. I mean, I would be like, (laughs) and, um, but I wanted to use it. So what I did is I got real logs and I put those little tiny mini lights and they have, you Mm -hmm. know, different, like where they'll twinkle different ways. And that was something that I always turned on on Sundays when I was married and we'd nap and, you know, we'd have our twinkly lights. We'd write our, watch our shows. And the other day I'm like, you know what? I want my twinkly lights back. So mm-hmm. I think it was Monday or Tuesday. So I turned those suckers on because you never know when mm-hmm. you've gone through a season of loss and grief, when you reintroduce something that brought you joy, if it's tied to the loss, you got to be ready for it. Right. And so I turned yeah. on my twinkly lights, I um, had a different, you know, activities I did with them on, and there was a little bit of sadness, but not much. I got back my twinkly lights. So Mm -hmm. those are what we're talking about. These keep things light, and they make you resilient. Yeah, they do. And, you know, when you were speaking, one of the things that I thought about was when we talk, when you said grief is a thief, I thought that was actually pretty cool. I like that. But if we think about it in terms of a season, um, you could say grief is like winter, right? Yeah. When grief comes, it's like there's a period of winter, like there's no real activity that's going on for us, right? There's a place where we have to sit still. It requires us to be in deep reflection, right, Mm -hmm. about what's happening. And um, and it, it also suggest that we need to get back in rhythm right yeah like like there's a rhythm in life and um and the more we stay in tune with ourselves the more we have that rhythm now if every if the listener is truly listen to everything that you said 
you describe processes that you put in place. Yep. Right? Everything, every natural thing in life has a process. And that's how we really want to, you know, keep everything connected. Every natural thing on the planet has a process. If it it lives, breathes, drinks, and eats and sleeps, it has a process. Yeah. Right? We use a lot of different words to separate ourselves from other experiences. But the truth is, they're all processes, yeah. right? And so the more efficient a process is, the the better it is, it works for you. Um, when we have things that are painful in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. How do we get through it? It's a process. You have to have a process to get through it. Otherwise, you're going to continue to be in that same, you're going to continue to be in that same state of mind, yeah. right? Like, look, your heart's broken for a moment. That's okay. Let let it break and find out what the truth is in the experience, right? Yeah. And then guess what? Then you could move on. I mean, there's something, you know, I'll just say this, like the Akasha, Akasha Records, you know, look that up, Akasha Records. How do you spell A-K- that, Coach? I think it's A-K-S-H-A. And if that's not right, Google will help you out. The Akasha Records, right? Basically, it's like the universal database. It is where we say that everything that's ever been said, thought, written, exists. Nothing is ever lost. Sort of like the laws of thermodynamics, which say that um, energy never dies or destroyed it just transitions into another form, right? Mm-hmm. So again, what are we talking about again, right? See, there goes a, there's a process. We have to, first of all, make sure that we make sure that our lives are really connected. The first thing is live a life that you know that you want. That's yeah. the first step, right? Okay, well, maybe that, yeah, that is, but I'm just saying, because I know I said something previous to that and and I'm not really hierarchical as much as I am, more cyclical. Mm -hmm. Everything is connected, right? But you have to be able to understand that things that we have to deal with in our lives are easier to deal with if we know where we're coming from, if you know where you are. So you and I have had talks. It's like, Sherry, this this is what I'm thinking for you as you're going through this particular phase. What do I get back from you sometime later? That's what you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. You're doing all of those things. Next thing you know, you're traveling, you're here, you're doing all these things. So what are you doing is you are not running away from the challenges that you dealt with there. You can't outrun them. They're with you all the time. But what you did was you found a way to situate and contextualize the experience. And then you put it within the broader picture of your life and you are able to adjust and move forward. And so here we are today. Right. Yeah. You were you're able to have joy because you did not let something that was painful come to dominate your life because, you know, right. You know that your life is bigger than and more than the experiences that have brought some measure of challenge to your life. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so it's 
you can say it's work, but at the same time, it's not. It's really process. It's, it's, it's the recognition. If seasons change, then they tell us that if the seasons change, then we change, right? We are 20, then we are 40, then we are 60, then we are 80, right? Yeah. Those are changes and phases of life, right? But every one of those can have joy, right? Yeah. And I would venture to say that most of those people that are living that long, they have lives full of joy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, one of the things, speaking of the processes, so when you said, you know, you had processes that you instilled, um, I also didn't stop doing them in the crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right. There there were mornings where I didn't get up as early. I would get as much rest as I could because I could tell, you know, my body needed more. Um, but mm-hmm. I still got up did my aspiration journal, did my, you know, like I, I went through everything just like I did before. And then as soon as possible, I got back to my sleep pattern. And, and that was like maybe just a few days um, where that was different. So I immediately resumed the processes that I had put in place. And even though I didn't want to, and I knew I just knew it was going to be important. And I've seen that. I have a client that I coach on time management, and then he experienced a, a challenge in his family unit. And mm-hmm. so during that challenge, you know, I just watched his processes, you know, fall by the wayside. And finally, I said, you're at the place, you're at the bridge of, uh, what'd you call it? Um, uh, the precipice? No, you uh, called it the bridge of something. Dang it, I had it at the tip of my tongue. Um, the bridge of incidents? We did a whole podcast on it, Coach. I Basically, he was at a place where he was going to c- choose to continue the processes and systems that brought him benefit, mm-hmm. or he was going to go the other direction and end up back where he started, possibly worse. So I told him. I said, how do you feel not doing your process? And he said, well, not great. Like it, you know, it just feels like I'm not getting things done that I should do. And I said, that's called stress. Mm -hmm. So you're actually experiencing more stress by not doing your habit than you would if you would do your habit. And I said, do you want to go back? Do you remember what that felt like? And he said, I do and no. And I said, then I fully expect when I come back next week, I will see a page of statements and processes. And he said, absolutely. And he did. He picked it back up. He felt better. Same thing with our little student that we were talking about last week, which by the way, she mm-hmm. listened and to the last week's episode and thought it was hilarious. Um, she uh, texted me. Because she let go of her processes. And um, she said, the pod- podcast was great. Coach is funny. She said with an exclamation point. <laughs> Just a few <laughs> days back, writing my DCA, and I can feel a difference. Guess I'll do it forever. I said, yes, these are forever processes. So mm-hmm. I went back quickly to my processes. I don't think 24 hours even went by for my statements. And yeah. then... The next thing I did is I actually changed up some routine. Mm. So I needed to get my brain used to a new normal. 
Mm-hmm. And there were specific things. Like I remember the first time I trained out in the gym because, you know, I have a um, gym set up in the garage. And I, I, it took me three hours, coach, to get out there. And it was the weirdest thing. My, I don't know what it was. I just sat there and I'm like, okay, you can go out there. Just get up, you know, get up. You don't, you're just going to train. And mm-hmm. I couldn't. And so for three hours, I just sat there. And then finally, I'm like, this is stupid. So I just got up, got up, put on my <laughs> shoes, went out there, cried while I trained. But that was a victory. And so my son actually said, Mom, you need to rearrange the garage. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's a brilliant idea. So I rearranged mm-hmm. the garage. I rearranged some parts of my routine. That helped a lot. But the principles, the little things, the light things that brought me joy, I kept the core in place. And then I started adding back the ones that were tied to him that brought me joy, like twinkly, twinkly lights. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, those are, it's the little things, guys. Make that list and make sure they're incorporated in your life each day. You know, the, here's one of the things about the little things. Little things give rise to big things, always, right? You yep. never see a big thing, you know? So, Unfortunately, we don't have any humans that were around at the time the redwood was was beginning to grow. Yeah. Right. So when we saw the redwood, it was already a big thing. Yeah. But it started as a seed. Right. Yep. And it's the same thing. This is what you're talking about. Making a list, something for what you said, which is really potent. What are the things that bring me joy? Writing those things down to bring you joy. That is a little thing that has huge implications because if it's true, you will have a smile on your face before you finish that list. Yep. Because you can't, because joy is a spontaneous thing. It's a life energy. You cannot keep it inside, right? If you do, you're doing something to yourself, right? You are, you're killing yourself if you try to, it's like trying to stop yourself from laughing when you know something was freaking funny, right? <laughs> it's like you're about to have a stroke. You better let that laugh out of there, right? You better let it out, right? And so, but it's true. What little things are potent. So if you remove the idea that little is insignificant, mm. but really associated with the beginning of something that is greater than, yeah. then you understand what's happening. So when you write down the first thing that brings you joy, if you're paying attention to what you're doing, you feel your physiology change. By the time you get to the second thing, you should have a smile on your face. Right. When you, when that, if you pay attention to the smile on your face after you've written down that second thing, call time out right there and pay attention to what you're getting ready to do yeah. because you have already with those two little things, you've set a course for yourself. If you continue, if you continue yep. and that, and you know, seasons constantly change. Mm-hmm. Spring always comes around. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And so that same seed that we talked about, right. So in the first season, it grows. And then the Second season, it grows more. 
and then it grows more. That's what happens with us, right? But the process doesn't change in nature and it shouldn't really be changing with us, right? And that's the key thing that you're saying, right? It's like our work doesn't end, right? The self-confidence formula that we teach and talk about, it, it stays with me. I'm always talking about it in my head, right? Yeah. And when I go to bed at night, before I close my eyes, what am I looking at? I, I go to sleep with joy looking at the property that I'm about to step into. Yeah. I got a big smile on my face. And then the next thing I know, I'm, I don't know if I'm snoring or not, you know, but I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. And when I wake up the next day, I'm grateful. Yeah. Right. I'm grateful. That's another joy. So, you know, joy is, it is an intention, mm -hmm. right? It's an intention, but it's a powerful, liberating one. Yeah. Right? It's not, it doesn't dismiss anything. You know, I don't dismiss what's happening in the world. I don't dismiss what's happening to, to people. I don't dismiss the challenges that I can have. But what I do is I contextualize them. Yeah. So like this morning, I'm walking the dogs and I'm looking at the snow in the mountains. And then I'm like, Whoop, and I just drop and squat down. Right. I just squat, put my butt on the back of my Achilles. And then I stand up and I start walking. And I do. I got a little thing going with me. Right. I'm, my shoulders are going. So if anybody is watching me in the field, they're like, that dude, his shoulders are going back and forth and he's got these two huge dogs. Maybe that's why he's smiling. But what they don't realize is I'm smiling because I can drop down at the drop of a hat, put my ass to the back of my heel, stand up and take off walking. That is joy. Yep. yep. <laughs> exactly. So this is what I'm saying. If you And if you still don't get it, you better reach out to me and Sherry so we can sprinkle some dust on you, right? Because we're telling you right now, what you have in terms of your life is an incredible experience. You have an incredible experience. You are not here by accident and you are not here to have a frown on your face. You were not born to have a frown on your face. You were born to deal with challenges. That's why you are resilient and you have this thinking apparatus up above your shoulders. But we were not born to be people who walk around unhappy, smile on our face. We don't appreciate sunshine or things like that. It's like, no, no, no. Uh, uh, uh. Change your thinking on that. If you happen to remotely believe that there is divinity in this world that we live in, then that alone should help you to bring a smile to your face. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, please. So, you, you know, get one like the Joker. <laughs> He was my favorite when uh, the Jack Nicholson version. Oh, yes. my gosh. Me and my dad. We would laugh so hard where he goes, you know, um, you don't know how hard I try. I mean, he just like he'd try to be good. And he just couldn't. Um, OK, so here is where I want to end on this topic. And that's where truth confronts BS. You know, that's one of the things about this this uh, podcast and the work we do. If there's any BS, we're all, <laughs> oh, no, we smell that. We're going to, we're going to take care of it. And I can hear in my head people like, well, I'm not naturally, you know, boisterous and, 
you know, laugh out loud type of person. Okay, so let me let me just kick that sacred cow down. Uh, <laughs> joy is defined as anything from calm delight to hilarity. Mm-hmm. And and so you if you sit down and you look at things that bring you calm delight where everything is just right in the world. Mm-hmm. That is the joy we're talking about. Now, mm-hmm. again, you can be going through a winter, you can be going through mm-hmm. a difficulty, but there's that yeah. calm delight, those specific things. And typically what I find people that are more serious in their nature, um, if it's not from trauma, they um, like things of solitude, you know, solitude brings them delight. So it's not that Can I throw you, something in there real quick, sir? Absolutely. Oh, well, you go just, ahead. you don't have to be laughing out loud all the time, although that is very important. Laughter is key, but we understand there are some people, they can laugh at the drop of a hat, some people not so much. So calm delight might be where you need to go if that's who you are. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that you just described my person. Mm-hmm. You just described me. I'm in the woods um, nearly all all the time. And if I'm not, I'm indoors. I am literally an invisible man, right? Until I actually show up for work. I'm very serious, Mm -hmm. right? I am. Uh, It's just my nature. And the counterpoint to that is bringing in the joy because of the intensity of my focus when it comes to things without joy. Joy, I couldn't stand it. I mean, I would be overrun with serious contemplation. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, I'd be, yeah, it's, it would take me to the sunken place. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I'm just saying to the reader is like, look, trust me, I am a solo guy. Yep. Right. You know, I don't think there's anyone that could say I've ever seen Coach or Greg McNeil in a group of people anywhere that he was not working, right? Yes. You just don't. It's kind of like, it's like they don't find me. I mean, when I go walking, it's like, it's not even me. It's the dog, right? Yes. <laughs> it's the dogs. So what I'm saying is, yeah, as you just mentioned, there is a way to experience the joy in life. As you just said, we, there is no comparison to personality types. Mm -hmm. It's just that recognize what it means for you and then pursue it. Right. Because if you're not pursuing joy, something else has settled into your consciousness. Yeah. And do those, you know, fun external things. Like one of the things that's been a huge like decision to make coach recently is I've always wanted to see the cherry blossoms in Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah. And uh, dad used to talk about them. He got to see them. So he'd tell me on the road, it just looked like snow, like pink, Mm. you know, and and white Mm. variations of of snow. And then me and Kent's favorite movie when he was a kid was The Last Samurai. And there was that scene, you know, where he was walking in the cherry blossoms. And so I was like, kids, I want to come and see the cherry blossoms. And they're like, okay, well, we might come there. And so we need to, you know, see what we're going to do. And I'm all, 
okay, you know, I'll be happy with that. But they'll be visiting other people and stuff. And I'm like, you know, I want to see you and I want to see the cherry blossoms. So (laughs) I was like, God, I really want to see the cherry blossoms. I don't want to be stingy, though. So I just leave that up to you. So then he texts me. I think it was the day before yesterday. He said, go ahead and book your your trip. And I'm all, okay. Well, then you it's a week. You got a week. And Mm -hmm. it can range anywhere from March 20th to April 10th. You know, like, and people will come to see the cherry blossoms and then they're mad because they either missed them or they don't start. So then I'm like, okay, so I had four people praying. Okay, what, what, what date pops in your head? Like which one, like when you see it, you're like, bam, it's that. So me and my sister are like March 27th and then Kent, my friend are like April and I'm all, what the heck is that? That's like 50, 50. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to book it from the 27th into April. I say all that to say that when you sit down and you're like, man, I would love to do that. Do it. Get your plan. Save up. Save up your money. Like, get it done. Carrie, <laughs> what you just said, again, there you go. You know, here we here's our lives. I mean, I'm a big time nature guy, right? Yeah. I'm sitting here watching great white shark cage, great white sharks on um, Shark Week. And I'm like, damn, that looks interesting. <laughs> well, shortly after I had got out of a situation that I need to get a, needed to get out of, what do you think I did? I booked it and took my whole, you know, it's like me and my son, hey, let's hit it. Let's hit it. The only thing I couldn't do on the way out there my son was like, let's get out here on the front of the boat, Dad. I was like, son, my legs are not long enough to hit the rail. So if we dip, I'm afraid I might pop out. So let me just go over here. <laughs> my goodness. My goodness. Thank you for what I'm saying. Go and get your joy. Yep. If it comes to your mind, if you can think it, you can make it happen. Go get it. And there I am, you know. Ha, 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 with the thumbs up, right? Getting ready to go in there and swim with y'all. And uh, don't ask me if I was scared, dear listener. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, I don't have a word for what I felt like when I got ready to get in the water. Right. I mean, I have to be honest. It was warm and then it was cold, right? Yes. <laughs> Let them figure that part out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I, uh, I decided also, you know, as long as they're living there, cause it's a neat place to go. Um, is I decided, you know what, I'm not going to fly there during the holidays. Cause that usually gets, you know, screwed up, but I'm going to take a road trip yeah. and I'm going to chart out my trip to see things I want to see, uh, things I haven't seen since dad was around and we used to go on the road together and I'm going to make it a road trip and spend at least one Christmas with my kiddos, um, you know, wherever they're at, because they live very far away from me. And um, I was like, I'm doing it. It just hit me the other day. And I'm like, I'm doing that. And I'm going to, yeah. you know, save up. I'm going to make the plan. So used to, I had the mentality that was poverty, that mm. I wish I could. Mm-hmm. And then when I started doing the work and me and you start working together and helping other people do the work. I realized, no, actually, there ain't no wishing. We mm-hmm. have what we desire most 
all of the time. That's right. And that's other right. people might make decisions that screw up what we thought that would look like with them, but that does not change my projection, mm -mm. my my nope. where I'm going. And uh, nope. so, you know, that's uh, you know, we understand life throws curveballs. What we're saying is instill the little things, have those light moments structure them into your life, make them part of the process. And then when you have people do things or when the world maybe goes a direction you didn't expect, you can quickly return to the practice of joy. Yes. I mean, that's, you know. Does that sum it up, coach? It does. It just, it, it is. It's a powerful thing. And uh, we just ask that you really, hear those words and let them go into the body, right? Mm -hmm. That's perfect.